Oh, ah, uh, Patsy, Tom, I'm really kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Patsy, everything is crumbling around you. What did the people of your time do when things got their roughest and their darkest? Uh, we tried what used to work. We prayed. We heard of a time where things changed at a drop of a hat at a prayer. I tried it first. Tools of them were long gone, but I was not letting go. I tried praying, but I guess it fell on deaf ears. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, uh, sorry, I was still going. <laughs> I do dramatic pauses too uh, long. Just trying to re-get in the mood for that moment. Okay, no one say anything like hot dog. Shut up. <laughs> but I guess it didn't fully fall on deaf ears, now did it? Yeah, that moment sort of lost its fucking color. That's it, time! Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. The party are reunited. With the help of Hasnami, Nime retrieved the portrait from the ocean and entered the ghost zone. In her haste, she left the orb containing Signana outside the portal. The messenger entered the portal too, and after a failed negotiation, brought the whole town crumbling down. Cremora destroyed the messenger's body, but lost the faith of the townspeople in the process. There are still two more agents of death in the ghost zone, and the party need to escape before it's too late. I think you all start to see the furthest edges of this ghost zone are going a deep black colour. Isn't it lucky that I've spent the last, well, I've spent the better part of a week learning everything I can about this community and exactly defining its boundaries and what makes it. Okay, can I save this entire ghost zone? I think I can. Okay. This is a bit faster than I wanted, but... Let's go. And, I mean, the ritual's not done, but I want to use what I have to try and fight back against the encroaching dark. I'm sorry, Cremora, but oh, you don't know the consensus of these people anymore. No, I don't know them anymore. Fuck, of course I did. You fight against the walls of this place, and what would have a moment ago perhaps been an, a nearly effortless task is like... A person in the real world trying to wish Doritos into their hands. <laughs> That's the metaphor you're going with? <laughs> it's a deeply admirable goal, and one that would bring great joy, but utterly impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the people, they're freaking out, obviously. Their world is collapsing. Many of them are sobbing. Some of them almost seem to immediately resign, like, this was all too good to be true and then they never really believed that they could have this after being trapped for so long. Leonard runs up and finds you, Cremora. Not to be callous, but the people don't matter. The swords matter. If you get those swords out of here, then everyone else goes as well, okay? Yes, yes, fine. Just give us, give us the weapons and let's go. Come on! 
They're in the basement of the town hall. Uh, you didn't keep your soul weapons with you at all times. Cremora's already running. Uh, I think Leonard would run off with Cremora to the town hall. Um, what are the rest of you doing? Also running off? I think I start doing that, and then I stop, and I'm like, Jolene, where's your dad? Where's the crew? Oh, shit. I have no idea. Oh my god, where's my dad? They're the only people who are actually alive in here aside from us. What happens to alive people if a ghost zone is closed? I don't know, and I do not want to find out. Pats is looking up the sky, smugly, thinking to himself, if we had punched our way through the problem at the start, we wouldn't be in this place. Everything's right in the end if you punch your troubles away. I grab Patsy's hand. I'm like, come on. <laughs> he just sort of looks up at the sky like, told you so. Run from it. Fear it. Damnation comes for us all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where'd your dad live? Where's your dad's house? Where's the airship? Where are the crew? Where? Let's go. Where are they? I don't know. I didn't leave the apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> Dad always came to me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Coming from a fairly nondescript part of the town, something darts up into the air, and it is the Jolene. Not the Jolene next to you, Nim. The 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 Jolene. The Jolene. The, the the one that flies. Yes. And it takes to the air. But as soon as it gets within eyeline, purple bolts of energy start shooting from the other side of the town towards it. Oh boy. Okay. So we found the airship. We found the crew. New plan. We deal with that. Let's deal with this my way. <laughs> we did all the talking. We did all the magics. Now we handle this good old-fashioned pan barrel is running off to the direction. <laughs> Julian's going to go, yeah, and then follow him. It's just like, I missed this, and runs off. <laughs> I don't think it is the task of any great intellectual to find where the purple bolts of energy are coming from. Mm-hmm. So you run and you run and... Jared, you're good for this stuff. What business do you find the goddess of life standing on top of? A mortician. Did you say a mortician? A mortician. Does that differ from a mortician? <laughs> In Pine Barrow. <laughs> so you arrive to the morticians, um, which is really morbid thing to exist here. I feel like Cremora would know more about that, but she's not here about the, the hallowed history of why there's a mortician in a place where people die and turn into souls that then become their children. Um, <laughs> but it's here. So on top of the building is one of these agents of death shooting purple bolt after purple bolt from her hands, almost like a uh, very loud and conspicuous sniper going towards the Jolene. The Jolene is so far avoided being hit from what you've seen, but it's not able to really get any air because it's ducking and weaving and it is not a vessel made to do so. So it's it's not really picking up any speed or air. It's looking quite uh, imperiled. I would like to turn into a fire elemental, an osprey made of fire, and I'm just going to plunge right into her stomach. Nine. 
Okay. Using one hold, you get to her without her really getting a chance to pre-retaliate. Then you roll a hack and slash. Hack and slash. Eleven. All right. So with an eleven, do you remember all these rules? You deal your damage, <laughs> um, but then you can either not take damage in return or you can deal an extra d6 damage and you will open yourself up to counterattack. Um, I'm going to deal an extra d6 damage because fuck this shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that's an eight. You barrel into her chest, catching bits of her robes in flames, but she does get a chance to launch an attack back. And as you hit, she grabs you by your flaming neck and holds you over the side of the building, putting this dark energy into you. And you get this sense that she knows what you can do and she is planning around it. So if you shed, you will still fall and take damage. Bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you feel this darkness pulsing into you. That would be a D12 plus two damage. Oh my God. Versus fall damage? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the fall damage and take the bet that I can turn into something else before I hit the ground. So you shed, which means that as this darkness enters you, you you give off the form of the osprey and turn back into Niamey, and you begin hurtling towards the ground. (laughs) Windy boy, please. All right, try it. Nine. You just managed to avoid crashing into the ground as you turn into your wind-based form. So Patsy is going to grab a tombstone because really, I mean, how are they supposed to learn about what a morgue was like? I mean, it's not like they were there. (laughs) So I pick up a tombstone that says die, laugh, love. (laughs) (laughs) I hold it up like it's a pizza box and then lower it down to Jolene and be like, Jolene, would you do me the honor of getting on this boogie board? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a man after my own heart. And she, like, hops onto it, pulls out a pair of knives. And I'm going to fastball special this. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hook me. Patsy rolled a fight age of strength. Ten. Yeah. Okay, Jolene. So roll your damage. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I just rolled a six and a seven. So that's 13. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Why do I even try? (laughs) Jolene, you get boogie-boarded straight into the face of death. She begins to turn to you, Jolene, this isn't gonna... And then you smush her. (laughs) And she bursts into horrible dust. So at this point, the uh, the Jolene is no longer under duress and is able to get the proper lift into the air to, to stay aloft. Uh, it's heading in a direction which Jolene you'd recognize as heading towards your apothecary, which is a few blocks over. Yeah, I'm going to go for the airship. I'm going to make sure everything's okay at the town hall. I'll probably head with Jolene. But for now, let's hop over and see what's happening in town hall. Cremora Magnus, Leonard leads you back to the town hall 
No one seems to be around. Everyone seems to have fled this area very quickly. As you enter the building, Leonard shows you a secret spot that sort of one of the stones moves aside and reveals some stairs down into a basement. And you rush down in the basement and there are Lenny and Benny. Um, And he says, I really wish it didn't come to this, but now that they're here, I just, there's no hope. Even if we were to stop them, I think it's too late. If we want our, our place, I think we're going to have to regroup and, and start again. But but tell me, Cremora, after all this, after meeting all these people and talking to them, would you try to stop us if we did this again? <laughs> no. But we can't just keep making this place and then running whenever death or life or whatever finds it. No, I mean, after whatever you're doing. Yes, of course, after I will personally custom design the entire place if that's what you want i think he gives a big breath and then you notice him sort of lower lenny which he just surreptitiously picked up oh what a relief (laughs) oh that's low what oh never mind just i don't know what you're talking about You take both of the swords. I'm too weak to carry them. And then swishes out and leaves. As you run up the stairs, you stop abruptly as you see an agent of death. In her arms is a perfect white swan. You wouldn't. I thought you'd be overjoyed to see an old friend. Signana, isn't it? I must say he was my most witless assistant during his life, but he did produce results. I I get what you're doing. I can't use my best options, because if I do, I'll hurt Signana. Except it doesn't work like that, and I'm going to cast Magic Missile. That's a seven. I will put myself in danger to deal eight damage. So this blow lands in her side, and... Honestly, she could be more bothered. Cremora Magnus, I don't think you quite understand my power. And things get weird here. Weird in a way you haven't seen in this ghost zone. She cracks her jaw like a snake. And she seems to get bigger as Signana, as a swan in her hand, seems to get smaller. And she picks Signana up by the tail feathers and swallows him whole. What the f- My life force is Signana's life force. They are inseparable. Do a thing more to me and he is gone. Now, Cremora Magnus, the time is up for you, but there is no reason that the people in this town should die in this way, should be written out of existence as all will be as this ghost zone meets its dark end. Give me the swords, and I will take them from this place, and leave you, the rest of you, to your dooms. And these people won't get hurt. Signana will be okay. I might even be so kind as to free him from my service. Oh, fuck. Um... I think Leonard looks at you, holding the weapons. What do you say? What what do you do? Leonard has the weapons, not you. This isn't just about my death. It's not just about any of my friends. If I let you keep going, the world is in danger. And I can't allow that. And I think, ironically, 
death is better than being trapped in your service, and I'm going to cast Fireball. Before you roll, Leonard jumps in the way. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Leonard, don't do this. So, So you would stop if he did that? Yeah. Death, take these weapons. No, don't! Get them out of here. (laughs) He's holding them up in either hand, and she walks up behind him and takes them. Leonard, you stupid... Thank you, Leonard. I take back every nice thing I said about you over the past six days. (laughs) All of them. This is for my people. That time I complimented your flower arranging, gone. (laughs) (laughs) This is for my people. And this is for everyone, and I cast Fireball. (laughs) I got an 11. It's five damage, ignoring armor. Leonard hits the ground, his clothes on fire, a scream coming out from him. He has seen battle, but it is not his life's profession. And so this blow, this this fireball, takes almost everything he has from him. Meanwhile, Death has taken the blow and is still looking healthy enough as she begins to run from the town hall. I, I'm just going to give chase, firing off magic missiles after her. So first, can I get uh, Defy Danger Dexterity to keep the pace? Uh, yep, that's a 10. Jesus. Okay, so you managed to match her step for step. You managed to kind of jump over the burning body of Leonard. I say, I say body, he is still alive. You get out of the building just as you can feel the door turn into a wall behind you. You kind of catch the sound of it warping and breaking as, as death makes it a wall, and you've only just gotten through in time, and then you wanted to shoot a magic missile? Just, yeah. Oh, fuck off. That's a six. You shoot these magic missiles from your hand, but death, as she's been running, she seems to have been getting larger and larger, and she spins around and looks at you just as the bolts would hit her and says, this is my realm now. The bolts spin around and hit you in one leg each, knocking you to the ground. You'll take the damage and you're on the ground. That's four damage. And as you fall to the ground, she simply takes flight and begins heading to the portal. Patsy and Jolene, you arrive out front of the apothecary just as the Jolene reaches it. It's flying sort of dangerously low, trying to to look around and scan the perimeter. And as it sees you blaring out from a loudspeaker, you hear, Well, Jolene! Jolene! Can you get up on my vessel? We've got the crew here! We've got everyone! We're ready to book it! I told you I knew where the airship was! So the airship dips down and the hangar door opens from the bottom and you manage to sort of snake a path like climbing up onto the roof and then into the airship. And uh, as you run in, I think Romeo grabs you in a big hug, Jolene. Oh, I found the airship just like I said I would. Let's uh, get the heckles out of here, all right? Wait, where are the other two? The, the, the pointy one and the, and the, and the scary one. Dim's not that scary. Mm, okay, if you say so. 
The pointy one's also scary. Kermode's not that scary. That's wrong. <laughs> anyway, they should be over at the town hall. Alright, well maybe we should try and meet them there. And you book it towards town hall. Nime, you run up in time to see Kremora on the ground with her legs still sort of steaming. The smell of smoke is coming from the town hall building, and you see a growing and growing form of the Agent of Death speeding into the air towards the portal. The darkness around is encroaching. It is getting closer and closer by the moment. Well, fuck. Nim's gonna run over to Kremora, help her to her feet, and just go, I don't know what happened, but... Think fast, and then she's gonna like turn into a vine and like lift Kamara up towards death. (laughs) (laughs) Defy danger wisdom. (laughs) The old vine trick. Ah, that's a 13. So, Kamara, your legs hurt like hell. You're not even sure if you'd be able to stand on them, but it doesn't matter because vines wrap around you and fling you into the air. Over to closer to death. You're both quite close to the portal at this point, I would say. What are you doing? I'm going to try and magic missiles again, because I don't think doing a fireball when I'm wrapped in vines is a good idea. Just before you cast that, Nime, you hear in your mind, you know, if she hurts me, Signana dies too. Fuck. And you believe it instantly. You know it's not a trick. And you can see what Kramora is about to do. That's too much for Nim to pass in a split second, so I think if she's growing up as a vine to, like, get Cremora closer, she just stops. Cremora, can I get you to take, like, a minus one as if you'd been interfered with, basically? Um, okay, come on then. Regardless, that's a 12. Because I got a 12, I will deal eight damage with my magic missiles. She's clearly greatly wounded by this. Nime, you hear in your head, Kremora knows. Kremora knows what this will do. And the vine keeps growing. Instead of the vine continuing to grow up with Kremora, like another tendril's gonna like lash out and wrap around Death's chest and try and like Constrictor. Constrictor, basically. Roll hack and slash. 15. With a 15, you can do an extra d6 damage, but open yourself up to attack. Yep. Okay. Six. The vine reaches around her form and starts constricting. And as it does, her face melts away. And instead, you see Signana choking for breath. Signana Cacklecast. Yes. You can feel your life slipping from you. Your friends are the ones doing it, but you know their cause and you know why. What do you say? Um... (laughs) So you see the for the first time in a long while the face of Signana sort of form out and in that momentary glance, he looks back and there's 
there is a smile of recognition, which slowly curls and whimpers, looking down at the chest, and the eyes seem loving yet pleading as the hand outstretches and says, This was great, but please don't leave me. I like her! I believe at that moment is too late. I think it is. I still like her! Signana falls and falls, and as he falls, he turns to dust, starting from the legs and then up the head until he's gone. There's no more soul, there's no more orb. He's gone. You okay? Yep. As Signana fades away, the sword and the dagger fall from his hands and begin plummeting towards the ocean. <laughs>